And welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down, the newest member of the Bruiser Nation podcast network, a division of Snap Near Productions. It's a Wally and Steve episode. Don't worry, boys and girls. DK and Wally covered the Love is Blind last week, but we got some new drama here this week. Wally, how was your week? Again, th- shout out to you and DK holding it down when I was gone. Yeah, and we're going to have to hear about your Vegas trip. You had a busy couple weeks from everything I can tell, but yes, I have good, exciting news. My family got a dog this weekend after the first time since I was a little kid not having a dog in that family somewhere. And it's been, I mean, like my heart was stolen right away. You know how it is when you first time you hold your puppy, you're like, Oh, cool. I would jump in front of a bus for you. And for those of you who don't know, I feel like Wally kind of kept it under wraps, but I do remember you saying it. He had a, he had his family dog of 12 years pass away just this, just a few months ago. So already jumping back on that horse with another Wheaton mix, I believe. Right. Yeah, so we yeah we had uh, Twister and Stormy in the house uh, overlapping each other. We wanted to always have a dog in the home. And Twister, we had to put her down at 15. And just sadly, the next year, we had to put Stormy down at 10. Oh. And it was just like the house was just dead. Because uh, it just felt wrong. The, the old dog wanted to die its entire life. And the young dog was like a puppy its entire We're like, this isn't fair. So we're... Finally back on the horse and and God, dude, we're uh we're all head over heels over thunder. Thunder. Thunder, thunder, thunder. All right, so any possibility now, because you like you said, you went from two to zero pretty quickly. And you know, I'm from a dog family, so I kind of know the mentality behind this. Is there gonna be a lightning coming here? Yes, in the near there will be. Ooh. And hopefully, at least according to them, it'll probably be within a year or two. So I'm okay. really trying to to drink in this little t- bit of time with thunder. Cause I'll probably not be here all that long. So I'm, I, I'm enjoying it now before I'll probably be dogless until I'm really stable in wherever I'm at and being able to give the dog a good life. I, you don't want to have a dog where you're just like, all right, time for the cage for 16 hours a day. Like adios. Yeah. So, but Hey, let's hear a, a little about you. You, this last couple weeks, very busy. You were in Vegas. you, had a wedding from my understanding. What all is going on in your world, Steven? Yeah. I mean, there is, there is a laundry list of thanks that I want to give here, but I, you know, I started a couple of weeks just kind of bouncing around Ohio, just, just a part of my job. If it was in Columbus, bounce around to Cincy, but then ended up going up to Cleveland. Kylie had her bridal shower here last Saturday or the Saturday before go out to Vegas that Sunday, work a vet conference. It's like the Western, the Western vet conference or national vet conference that they have out there. So a lot of people from Vegas, California, your Arizona's Washington's uh, ran into some people from Australia, New Zealand, Italy. And I'm like, yeah, my, uh, our product doesn't go anywhere unless it's U S Canada or U S territory. So sorry, man. Good. Good to see you though. I, I like seeing the accents. Uh, so shout out, shout out to pumpkin. Uh, a couple things with that. A, obviously them getting me out there for the experience and just sending me out, giving me a purpose to get, go out to Vegas. But, all in all, it's you know when you're when you're starting out with a company like this and being around uh, not only a lot of knowledgeable people within your company, but who were under like under their umbrella, which is Zoetis, and then just seeing a lot of the other companies, it was just interesting. It's fun to see how those people navigate. Um, I got to meet a couple of people that I look up to professionally within the job. Someone who's very good, someone you obviously want to be like, right? So just being able to kind of bump some shoulders and elbows with them was awesome. 
But the the pleasure side of Vegas wasn't so hot to me, Wally. And there's not going to be a number out here. Kylie's next to me. Uh, she's working from home. I've been able to keep that under wraps here. So I just do what you want with that information. And it, it dawned on me that I am such an idiot. I'm a big blackjack guy, as you know. And I was getting smoked. I was getting more 12s than R. Kelly on these tables. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> the amount of 12, 13, and 14-year-olds. Yeah, I felt like I was on Epstein Island at this point. But then it dawned on me. Dude, it's the week after the Super Bowl. You know that they got smoked. The books got smoked because everyone was taking the Kansas City Chiefs at plus money. So we, know, we all know how that ended up working out. Then all of a sudden, didn't really see anyone getting hot around me. Outside of a slot, I think one person my last day on the slot, you can hear him go ape shit. And it was like 250 bucks. So I'm like, something is in the year. I went to, I was at Park MGM, got spanked at Planet Hollywood where we linked up last time with uh, shout out to our boy Evan Desker locking down Alara. Uh, it's just, it, it just wasn't, wasn't good at all. Uh, but then I did cap it off. I got to golf at Bally High here on Wednesday after, after my shift at the conference. Got to go solo which was phenomenal. And I've never played, obviously I've never played on the golf course that nice, but the golf cart it had, you know, had your GPS. You can play the music on there, it had speakers on each side that you can move. If you're like, obviously if you're in the T box, we'll just flip it out so you can get the music directed right towards me. Yeah. It's like, I want this to be my permanent car, let alone just a cart. Yeah. Yeah. It was electric and it was so crazy because i didn't realize they were cart path only so second hole you know i just ended up playing really good cart cart golf on the first hole and the second hole i'm playing my natural slice so i was like cool let me just whip it down right when i hit the fairway it's like "Eh, stop back it up bud just back it up you can't drive so i literally had to put it in reverse terry and reverse it back into the cart path it was wild i've never been around modern technology with golf like that but um i had no business being on that course the West Coast is a little bit different too. Just the grass, just the way that the ball's coming off the club face because of said grass, turf, whatever it may be. I'm not, I'm not that big of a golf guy, but got to ramp clubs that are better than what I had. And I got to sit back, enjoy a little bit, throw back a couple beers. It was, yeah, I got a little bit toasty. And then went to, shout out to my girl, Jen Madden, who was one of the, one of the vets that I was pumped. One of the veterans in the company, I should say. I work for pet insurance. I was saying that's not good. One of the leaders in our company took me out to I a gotta ask, dinner. so sorry, before you get, before I was going to say, I got to hear about that too, but I have to ask, Bally High, where's it ranked for you? Is it number one or has there been a couple more? Like, where, where's this in your golfing experiences? I mean, that's easily the best course I've played, but I don't really have anything okay. outside of that. Like I'm, I'm also, it's like Bally High versus Columbus public courses, right? So I've never, North Carolina boy, I've never been to any of the Pinehurst, if that's what you were wondering, unfortunately. Um, and that's really the only first time I've been able to golf in the West Coast. Obviously, we couldn't make it when we were all out there. Wasn't able to yeah. squeeze it in when I was out there for Kylie's cousin's wedding. And then I was like, fuck it. Don't care. Don't know how much I should believe this, but it's like their off season, right? So all in all, I got the club rental. I got the tea time, the club rental, um, and the hat. 300 bucks. I think that's a steal. Kylie was like, what? And I'm like, Kylie, I don't think you understand how big of a steal that is. On the website, it says you're, I'm saving like 360 bucks. I'm, I don't really know what that actually looks like until I'll, I'll look in the summer to see what those tea times look like. If that's the case, fucking bargain. And I got to play by myself. Well, and it's just every now and then you have to treat yourself. 
And yeah, that might be higher than you want to pay, but how often are you in Vegas? How often do you have the chance to play a Bally High? You, you got to take advantage of that while you're out there. I, I'm happy you spent the money. I feel to you. I swear to God, there's a, Man- a Mandela effect going on because they played a Bally. They played a the Capital One, um, the match at a Bally High. But I swear to God, it was named something different. We all pronounce it differently. Oh yeah, I I'm so bad with the actual courses. Like I love to golf. I just don't know enough about it. So. I can't be throwing my opinion out there because I don't know shit, Steven. All right. Well, Dylan, that's for you, buddy. Uh, anytime, well, I'm sure I'll probably give you a shout here before we even, this even gets out. But you never know. So let me know about that, Dylan. Before we really get into it, a couple other things, too. Shane Gillis this weekend on Saturday Night Live was phenomenal. And not that the, not that the rest of this uh, cast is raising that bar so high, but my God, Saturday Night Live, is so bad now. Like it is, it's not even like, oh, you're just a young, you know, you're just a young whippersnapper just yelling at the clouds, the, re- the reverse of the old man. It's flat out bad. It is bad. I didn't get to watch it. Now, did he in his monologue do the Norm McDonald where he took a shot at Saturday Night Live for firing him? Or did he let bygones be go- bygones and just kind of ignore it? He led with that. He was like, yeah, if you guys don't know, I was fired by Saturday Night Live a few years ago. And if you don't know why I was fired, don't look it up. Just, just don't look it up. Okay. So, and then he just kind of went into, he just Shane Gillis it. And it's, it was just hysterical, right? It's Shane Gillis just feels like one of us when we were in middle school, which I know I get it. Maybe the verbiage isn't the best, but in, in a world where everyone can get canceled, he's just one of those guys that just is very much on the radar and the dude just can't be canceled. And it's phenomenal. And I love it. And even the people that want to cancel him are just like, okay, man, he's, he's kind of funny. He's making some good points here. Dude, Shane Gillis is he's yeah. He's kind of got that right down the line. He knows how to play the fence. And I feel like people on every side feels like he's trolling the other side. Everybody thinks he's in their camp. When in reality, Shane Gillis, I don't feel like he puts himself into camps necessarily. He's just like, fuck it. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to make fun of everybody. If you like it, great. If you don't, I don't care. And I love those kind of people. I mean, and that's comedy in a nutshell. And because, you know, I'm a big Chappelle guy myself. And obviously, we know all the stories that have been popping out because of his stand-ups, the jokes, whatever it may be. Uh, Just seeing the tweets... A couple tweets that, or one tweet that stood out to me too is like, it's really funny when Dave Chappelle made his whole career making fun of his own race, his, his own ethnicity, the own problems within that community. But when he makes fun of any other community, it's just, oh, he can't do that. No one's, no one is, no one doesn't have a target on your back. And if you want to be a part, if you want to be a part of this community, you got, you got to be made fun of. And that is almost like a hazing, like, if you want, if you want the recognition, we got to dog you for a little bit and then you're cool. Yeah, no, I love when you have to be able to laugh at everybody. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to make fun of everybody. And that's what the people that get canceled, these people that push the envelope are so often like the best comedians out there. I mean, there's a reason why you have the Norm McDonald's, the Shane Gillis's of the world. It's just you got to be able to understand what comedy is and not overreact. And I feel like people are just broken to needing this PC world. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to divulge too much. I just, exactly. I love guys like Shane Gillis and I hope that they're around for a long time. When, whenever someone can be the exception, uh, there, there's something that's special about it. And 
what what is so fucked is the best the best skit that would have been on SNL. They cut it, but luckily it's it's circling around the internet, and it's about the the Limu Emu and Doug the Liberty Mutual, uh, him and that ostrich. It I'll send it to you. Um, and during Please this episode, do. it was phenomenal. So uh, again, I don't Shane Gillis did awesome. Just because they didn't raise the bar high, I, the only funny people in there I thought were Shane Gillis, uh, and I can't remember. I can't remember the lead girl's name that was basically in all the other skits with him, and I really like her as well. But it it's so bad. Like SNL is all I gotta say is Keenan Thompson's the star of SNL. Like that. That's when you know it's bad. I'm just happy he's still alive. I saw that there was a comment he made on some podcast a couple of years ago where he's like. If I ever get to host SNL, I'm going to get up there and kill myself during my monologue. And I'm like, it's Shane Gillis. Who knows? I could see him being like, you know what? This would be funny. And what a way to go out. So, you know, I'm glad he's alive. Good for that, yeah. Shane. His monologue was phenomenal. Like, we were, me and Kylie were gasping. And like, and it's so fucked because, like, you can tell no one was really laughing. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? This is hysterical. And quite frankly, if Kylie's laughing at Shane Gillis, I know that he's doing something right because Kylie's not the first one to, like, cancel somebody. But she's always – she'll be like, mm, I don't know about that. But, again, Shane Gillis, he is that exception. So if you can make if you can make that happen, I ain't got no problem with you. I ain't got no qualms. I need to see him live ASAP. I'll definitely be watching back uh, his monologue and hopefully find a few clips here and there. I just can't do SNL anymore. So I missed it even with Shane Gillis there. I just, it doesn't do it for me like it used to. And it, it ain't the, uh, it ain't the Will Ferrell's, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler's, Chris Kattan's, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, even though he can never keep his straight face on. It ain't the same, but whatever. Yeah. Let's get into some NFL news. We don't really have too much here, but enough that we're going to talk about it. Before we get into it, we want to remind you that this NFL news is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in branding, high-end photography, fashion, and more, especially if there is a wedding, baby pictures, engagement, bridal showers, you name it. They're happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y. Or on our Instagram, saw down at Sapphire again, abbyturnerphoto.com. We mentioned weddings too. We just got so caught up with everything. Shout out to a couple of my closest friends, Heather and Tony Stefanik, tying the knot here this weekend. Uh, That's how my weekend ended. Came back to Vegas Thursday, had the beautiful rehearsal dinner and rehearsal on Friday. Awesome, awesome venue here on Saturday. Uh, and it was it was one of the it was a college wedding. So I know both of them from college. So we all have the same friend groups for the most part. Um, Tony's a few years older, so we had all of his high school friends there that were in the, that were the groomsmen that we also all know. So it was just it was like a reunion mixed with the wedding, and we all know how that goes. That's awesome. Well, congratulations to them. I don't know if they're listeners or not, but I'm glad that they what it sounds like that was in Columbus for that yep, one. Yep. Okay. So that one's still around the area. We can't have you going too many places, Steven. I feel like you've been bouncing all over the country lately. Well, well, I guess um I guess I'm up to bat here next. We got the we got Kylie's bachelorette, my bachelor the following weekend, and then doing the damn thing in April here. So it's kind of getting to crunch time with us. This was our final little like social hurdle that we were going through was was Tony and Heather. So now it's now it's gonna be kind of crunch time here for us. T. Higgins is getting a franchise tag here in Cincinnati now. Personally, this is coming off his worst year as a pro, but 
nonetheless, he's going to be paid just a hair under 22 mil to stay put at least one more year in Cincinnati. There's still decisions to be made about Tyler Boyd, but for now, T. Higgins is going to be locked up for another year. What are your thoughts with the Bengals making this move? I was at first really surprised that they decided to attack him so early into this two-week window, and that kind of just shows you that they're probably not that close and that they just decided, hey, you know what, we're just going to tag him now, which everybody surrounded in Bengals' like writer, beat writer world, Steven, there's kind of two options that I've seen come out of this. One, it means that it's all the more likely that he's actually traded this offseason or at least before the deadline. The other being that they will actually tag him again next year. Because of this year, the salary cap going up, we'll talk about that here in a little while, but that would only be $26 million next year. And all of a sudden, that's not the hit that we expected it to be. So there is a lot of uncertainty around T. Higgins in the Bengals' future right now. What did you make of this? I think we're both on the on kind of like in the same mindset on this one. I I didn't like it strictly because of the season that T. Higgins had, but when you look at Cincinnati as a whole, their offense didn't really have that season just because of injuries early on and eventually for the season here with Joe Burrow. You had Jake Browning. You have the injuries on the O-line. The defense was kind of popping in and out. So at the end of the day, this dude – was putting up numbers, and it's actually really funny. When I was looking at these contracts, Jamar Chase beats him in every like every statistical category since 2020, and he has a year over Jamar Chase too, which is pretty wild. It's it's just interesting for me because this is a do or die situation for T. Higgins because Jamar's due. Joe Burrow, we know what Joe Burrow contract's going to do. What are they going to do with Joe Mixon? And you desperately need to do something on that off on that defensive side of the ball too. So if this is something that's going to help them long term, maybe make the contract a little bit cheaper. We'll know. We all know what that number is going to look like here when we get to the end of it. So right now, I don't like the move, but it's to your point. It's so early on. There is a lot, a lot of time here in the offseason where this could look really good. A part of me honestly thinks that. Given what Jesse Bates has done in Atlanta and the fact that the Bengals got nothing for him because they signed Orlando Brown and that forfeited that compensatory pick they would have gotten a third round. So you got absolutely nothing for Jesse Bates. And this is an organization that does not like giving up players like this and getting nothing back. They're very cheaply old school run. <laughs> so I, I wanted, I actually think that we're going to see him moved. I'm of the camp that this means we will have a trade and maybe, who knows, draft day? That's kind of like one of those guys that the A.J. Brown trades of the world. I could see the Bengals falling in love with somebody out there and say, hey, T. Higgins going there might be the way for us to make this happen. Before we move on, it's really funny because looking at the contracts of what they have, they already have the T. Higgins one updated. That's why I love sports track. If you guys don't, if you guys don't use them, you need to. Them are over the cap. They are awesome. That Christian Kirk deal looks brilliant right now. What was it? Four year, $84 million? I th- 72 is what I'm pretty sure I saw. Okay. Yeah. I did, it was a lot, but mil. now it's like nothing. He's, I think he's like, he's obviously below T Higgins. I want to say he's like ninth or 10th or 11th. And I'm like, dude, with the production that he's putting up too pretty damn solid and he's going to be the number one because it doesn't look like calvin ridley's going to land back in jacksonville too oh god he's gonna go i already know where he's going this time of year is so much fun because you always get to overreact 
to these money deals, like you said, the Christian Kirks. Look at it three years later how we're talking about it. Patrick Mahomes even. When that deal happened, it was the Chiefs are handcuffed. He has them by the balls. He is that salary cap now. And now, a few years later, you're like, oh my God, the Chiefs got a bargain. And it's going to keep, it always happens like this. The cap always goes up. It's going to keep going up. And you know what? I I guess more of this will, will happen. So, But the Dolphins move on from Xavier Howard and Emmanuel Ogba in the course of about 20 minutes. And now they're on that try to get under the cap journey, Steven. And you mentioned spot track and over the cap. I, I don't know if you have more expectations of this, who you expect to leave, but Miami, it's not exactly going to be the same looking team next year. No, it's not. They'll be okay on the offensive side of the ball, I guess. But at this point, I don't like it at all. That defense was struggling for a lot of the time, and I get it. Xavier Howard had a big cap hit. Manuel Agba, okay, he he could be on the book for some more money here if you're, if you're keeping him and he plays well. It's just that defensive downfall within a, what, five-week window, a four-week window, has been bad with Vic Fangio leaving to take the same exact position in Philly. Uh, you got you got Howard leaving, Ogba leaving, Christian Wilkins is, is expecting an extension if he hasn't already. Two is going to be looking to get paid, and Jalen Waddell is right up the bat as well. So the, there is a lot of question marks. And again, back to the hindsight 2020, because there's going to be – Miami needs to do a lot to move the needle again because for me right now I'm turned off by Miami and right now I think that Super Bowl window that was just a little bit open these last couple years is shut right now Um, I just don't like how this team is looking the Miami Broncos game was actually on a little bit earlier today it there's just it's hard to replicate that consistently and if you're going to take a defense away coming from somebody who's watched a defense for his team for over damn near almost two decades ruin really good offensive teams we're almost starting to see that in miami right now it's crazy that they're still almost 25 million dollars over the cap right now as it sits too and a lot of these players like bradley chubb or van ginkle there are coming off injuries and even the ones that aren't like jalen ramsey another year older it just feels like a team that going into last year they took a real chance and they bet on themselves and now they're kind of like feeling the negatives of that, and they're going to for a little while. I mean, Xavier Howard, I get that he might be over the hill, but he's going to be 31. It's still like you can have good football in there. Yeah, but he is far away from his all. Like, when was it? Yeah, when he was all pro, he was all pro. But we're also remembering when he was getting smoked last season, not this pre. Yes. Not this most recent one, but the year before when there was question marks if they were going to keep him before trading for Jalen Ramsey. So, yeah, it's not looking good. I I don't know. Dude, I was super high on this team, like from day one when they got Mike McDaniels. And it's just they start so hot, get bad at the worst times, and now you're going to take away from a defense that that's what you really need. It proves that that's what you need to go in the playoffs to a snowy Kansas city. If you want to go be in a snowy cold Buffalo and all of these other places. So they have a lot, a lot to do in this off season. Yeah. 15 INTs in 2020 and 2021. And he's had two total in the last two seasons combined. There have been at least a little rumblings of teams like Dallas being involved for him. And maybe a change of scenery. Well, does the two time all pro a lot of good. 
The punt god Matt Areza signed by the Chiefs this week after his rape allegations ended his rookie season in Buffalo. There's no way around it other than say this kid's a very special talent on the football field, and the Kansas City Chiefs are a lot better as a football team because of his uh, what signing this last week. Don't forget about that 82-yard punt. And we can say we can talk about preseason when it comes to punting and special teams because regardless if it's people fighting for a roster spot or you're actually playing on you know the third Sunday in September. Punting is punting, and that 82-yard punt is ridiculous. But I'm very confused. Like, there was a lot of Tommy Townsend content here during Super Bowl week and flashing back to last week, and it's not like he's doing a bad job either, right? But it's like all of a sudden now they're trying to get even better. It's something that I don't think that they need. So that is what I'm interested in too. I like that this kid gets a second opportunity, um, especially after, you know, what he's been through. We know how how hard that can be coming back from something like this. So I hope I wish him the best, but I'm so interested about what is happening with Tommy Townsend. I'm pretty sure they signed. They looked like he they got him locked up like two years ago, maybe a year ago. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's a two time Super Bowl champ. He's been a first team all pro in 2022. So you're talking about what? 13, 14 months later, they're like, Hey, you know what? Not feeling it. We're going to go and, it's just, it, it's a weird move to say, hey, we're willing to take this PR hit on a punter when we have an all-pro. That was kind of confusing to me. <laughs> no, it was weird. And it, like, at the, like what he did, it, we'll never know the full details too. But it just, it, it's a slimy situation. I'm happy he's a chief because I get to root against him. But we've been, but we've been mentioning it all episode. The NFL salary cap for 2024 is going up again, this time by a record $30.6 million from just below $225 million to just over $255 million, Stephen. What do you think this means for the league? First of all, it's awesome. We're getting back to that pre-COVID number jump, right? Because we know they've been kind of staggered, and all of a sudden, it is just blowing up like like no other. If we look just a decade ago in 2014, this number is almost doubled from 133 mil up into that 255 with a little bit of change as well. That is crazy, including those COVID years where we're kind of backtracking a little bit for the fact that they were able to get the salary cap up this much and the fact that it went up this much and there's still teams that are deathly, deathly underneath that number or in the red with that number. The Saints being a part of it, like you said, the Dolphins in there. There are some teams that are not looking too hot, even with this raised salary cap. So and then you have the ones that are still in that middle ground. Then you have teams like Washington that's pushing damn near 80 million in cap space. This should be, we say it every year, this should be a fun off season, but the money and the contracts that are going to be thrown around here are going to be a little bit ridiculous. I feel like it's going to be like the Christian Kirk deals on steroids. It, that's a great way to look at it too, because I was at least reading what uh, it, some GMs were reacting to with this. And some are not actually as like excited or think it's as big of a deal as we do. Because percentage-wise, it wasn't as massive of a, as a jump as we've seen in the past. It's just a really big number. But I think that it, what it does mean is guys like T. Higgins and guys like other potential franchise tag players are going to kind of be liberally tagged more than we've seen before. They're not going to have the six tags. You might have 15 or 20 tags now because guys like T Higgins, $21 million on the books. Doesn't all of a sudden feel that rich 
And why are you going to let this these talented guys go? The other people that are going to be really affected are teams like the Broncos with players like Russell Wilson. This makes it a lot easier to move off with that dead cap money. It reminds you a lot of Atlanta and Matt Ryan towards the end. There's a lot of repercussions from this, and it's good to see it going back up. But I, I'm interested to see, like to your point, free agency and how that's going to have the Christian Kirk contract start exploding. Which brings me to a really good point. Now, this is something that's not added into the rundown, but we're a bunch of smart guys. We can bullshit. We can throw this in here. Based off last year, there wasn't a lot of money getting thrown at running backs. We got Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard all not getting another franchise tag. So they're expected to go test those waters. With the increase of the salary cap here, Wally, are we expecting that number to jump back up for these running backs, at least a couple of these, and maybe level itself out from last year? Or what is your, as the weatherman, I guess, what is your prediction or... I don't know. What's the word? Forecast. Forecast. Jesus Christ. What's your forecast with these running backs here heading into the free agency market with this raised salary cap? Well, it's actually interesting you brought this up because I was going to ask you about this same topic. We're in lockstep right now because there are rumors that Tony Pollard and Saquon Barkley are neither of them are getting the tag, which I do find interesting because there are the, the numbers out there right now for the franchise uh, tag values for each position, it's under $12 million for the running back position. So I would think you would expect there to be more tags on running backs because $12 million to keep a Derrick Henry, to keep a Saquon Barkley, feels like pennies. But I don't know. That's interesting that Tony Pollard and, and Saquon both appear to be going towards no tag. So what did you think of it? Because obviously your brain's been wondering this a little bit if you brought this up. Well, absolutely, because it was kind of, I know we had, we had some good banter around it last year and then it kind of felt, it's ironic that one of the guys who got paid the less, the old, one of the oldest running backs, if not the oldest active starting running back in the NFL led in touchdowns last year in Raheem Mostert where he had over 20 and he never scored. He scored 19 his whole career with the San Francisco 49ers. I think he ended up with like 22, 23 just this year alone in his oldest NFL season. So at that point, it kind of feels like maybe we should lock these up. Maybe because of Christian McCaffrey and what he's been able to do. Now they're going to be like, damn, that is really important if we're trying to find an offense like this or help out, I don't know, a Washington Commanders team with I lied, 96 mil on there helping a young quarterback or the te- or maybe the new england patriots with 86 looking for to help their rookie quarterback or the tennessee titans maybe the indianapolis colts pair something up with jonathan taylor even though it's good the houston Texans sitting at six that one is so interesting to me why would you not want to pair up a freak running back if you can get it for cheap up with your young up-and-coming offense here adding a saquon or even adding a guy like Derrick Henry to the Houston Texans, keeping him in that division, keeping his eye on the Tennessee Titans, but arguably the best team that in that division too with that O-line that they have. I hope that they get paid. I'm not looking for ridiculous numbers, but I'm definitely looking, uh, need my restitution, as Shannon Sharp would say. Let's get, let's get these boys paid again because Saquon didn't have a good year. A lot of these guys didn't have a good year, but you never know when they're going to blow up. It's the age-old argument that we always go back to, but it's like if Saquon did have a bad year and you're going to pay him the tag number, and then you go and you see these young running backs like Isaiah Pacheco, like Brees Hall, like Bijan Robinson, all these young guys, 
I mean, running backs are cars. Yeah. The second they're drafted, they become depreciating assets. Every season, they're taking more hits. They're slowing down a little bit. The legs lose juice. So I guess the argument, even if the number's low, is I guess I can still draft a running back in the third or fourth round and get just as much production at a lower ticket. You sad to see Josh Jacobs go? Sad, yes. As in, like, I like him as a player. I think he's an awesome Raider. But I'm also happy they're not going to pay him, if that makes sense. Yeah. No. It's a, wait, I thought, for some reason, I thought they signed, I thought they gave Josh Jacobs a contract last year. Not just the He did what tag. Saquon did, where it was, he was had that tag number, and then they decided, hey, instead, we're just going to sign you to a one-year deal where there's incentive. So it's like the tag, except they had the option to tag him again in the future. That's why I thought the running backs made a terrible decision collectively. And I mean, I feel like we're definitely right about Saquon because his number wasn't too far off to what he was already getting and averaging with the franchise tag. And for the fact that now he's turning back around, going to test the market. And if he even loses a million dollar annually, that's four mil potentially if they're signing him to a four year contract, whatever the incentives may be. I don't know. I'm definitely skeptical to give Saquon that. He's what we think Christian McCaffrey is missing games, but except he actually is missing games because of injuries too. You know me. I, I'm the CMC defender. Yeah, yeah. No, so no, I, I'm with you. It's true though, but right. it's like if you if you put if you would put money on a lot of people would be like, oh, they missed the same exact games. You're like, damn, I guess CMC hasn't missed that many. But Saquon definitely has. Yeah, oh for sure. And and it's it feels like CMC missed a because it was basically two straight years. So we just like in our brains have decided he is always hurt when he's basically played five full seasons now. And the dude's the dude's turning 28 this year, 27, 28. Yeah. He's a baby. We're so old. That makes me feel sick to my stomach. Oh, it absolutely does. With that, that's going to bring us to a quick end to another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe on our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Loss of Down. Or retweet us on Twitter slash X down underscore loss. Remember, this episode is brought to you by the Bruiser Nation Podcast Network, a division of Snapmere Productions, as well as abbyturnerphoto.com. Remember, follow our Instagram, saw Dad and Sapphire. Wally, any final words for the fans this week? Just a couple quick things. One, first, we'll get housekeeping out of the way. Housekeeping. We will be off. Housekeeping. But we will be off next week because we're going to kind of do our own State of the Union where the three of us meet. We try to figure out how we can get better as a podcast collectively. So any ideas you guys have, we're obviously all all ears. But outside of that, my only other thing is, Stephen, my boys, Stoke City, are now in position to get relegated yet again. <laughs> and if they go to League One, I don't think I'll ever be able to see a game again. It costs like 35 bucks to watch games uh, without commentators for a month. So I'm not doing 35 bucks to watch a League One team. And for all I know, they'll be League Two. I'm tired of the fall off, but that's what I've got going on. My All my sports teams, even my European ones suck. It sounds like they're getting into that realm where you can just go to their website and they'll just have it streaming. I mean, they would, you would think, except they're cheap. They, they fit my kind of team mentality that I like because they're like, you know, instead of making the team more accessible, they'll raise the number because that's the only way we can make money. It'll be $50 a month next year. Brilliant. Yeah, Sorry the demand's high, baby. I, it reminds me, I saw a tweet this last week back in the day when you had Madden and they, they had owner mode 
where you're paying just saw that too. Yeah, no, they're basically you're paying your players like no money to win a Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, we're going bankrupt. So you end up raising hot dog and beer prices to like a hundred dollars each. That is the that is the exact equivalent, basically. They're just like, hey, you know what? We're gonna be playing what Sunday league, beer league soccer and before long, we're gonna charge every two hundred dollars a month to watch the games. Sounds like what Arthur Blank is about to start doing if his Falcons team doesn't get above 500 here. Yeah, he's going to figure something out. I, although I'm interested to see which of us fall in love with the Falcons next year because it seems like a, a tradition on this show. Somebody too. It sounds like it's David's turn. I, I fell on that sword for a couple years uh, or at least one year. That scared you off up until this year. So it only seems right that like David's going to hop on. Somewhat, yeah, exactly. Because you and I, that would be hot. I think we'd all jump on if they got Justin Fields. Mm, make me excited. But we love you guys, David. We'll see you uh, next week. We'll be back recording, guys, in two weeks. Remember, we'll be off. We love you, Steven. Hope everything's going well for you. Any final words for you? Oh, man. Uh, no, I'm just, we're another Sunday underneath our belt. Got another beautiful week. Yeah, there is one thing. Uh, the you can hate the saying just wait 15 minutes and the weather will change as much as you want, but it's never been truer this week in Columbus. I left last, I left Saturday, the Saturday morning before Kylie's bridal shower here. That's what the 13th, 15th, 16th. Yeah. Uh, Sounds good. We'll just go with that. Seven inches of snow in Columbus. I go up to Cleveland. There's about six or seven up there. I fly to Vegas. 60 all week in Columbus. I come back. Snows a shit ton the following Friday morning. What is it today? It is, it's been like 62 degrees all day. Snow is all gone. Looks beautiful. We're all going to die, people. We're going to die. That's fine. As long as we get to see the movie Twisters first, that's all I ask. No, yeah, that's fine. I think, we, no, we have like, we got a few hundred years, but like the, it's, the time is, time is ticking. Oh, yeah, like, we're going to be fine. Our kids yeah, and our their kids, kids are they're fine. in trouble. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. tough on them. Yeah, we just have, like, Look. the economy, recessions, all that fun jazz. Like, you have the sun bursting. So Wouldn't that be that sweet? Nice. Kind of. <laughs> I think so. We love you guys. <laughs>